0: Come on, we looked hard for a video that would just (laughs) illustrate vision and how important those things are in our lives. And and even uh, especially for our church. Um, And I just love anything that resembles America's Funniest Home Videos. It's just like my favorite thing in the world. I am like the world's worst at uh, somebody getting hurt and then me laughing before I check on them. <laughs> Anybody else? Just me? Okay. Yeah, I do that to my children, and they are not as forgiving, especially Adeline. She gets hurt, and I'm like, <laughs> and, you know, I laugh. And, oh, my bad. I'm dad. Hey, baby, you okay? I'm so sorry. You're laughing. <laughs> so, yeah, she sees right through that. Um, man, I was trying to remember just for, just for fun. I was trying to see what's fun. My sister can cook. She she's she good cook. Like Kelsey says she's cooking. I'm going. But like, I mean, that's pretty much anybody. But I mean Kelsey does a really good job. My my sister can cook. My wife can crock pot. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so so one night my wife had crock pot something and uh and they were living with us and, and i I was always because I, I hey dude, try something. Come on, just try it, just try it. <laughs> he put it in his mouth and turned green, y'all. <laughs> Brother took five dollars and went to Taco Bell for the night. I just wanted to attest. I just want to do a quick survey. How many of you know who Jason Crabb is? Without calling out people that don't, how many of you know? All right, praise God? Yeah, everybody, yeah, like me. Um, Grew up in the Missionary Baptist Church there, going, growing up listening to, to Jason Crabb. Man, I had a board member at our last church. He called me like two days before, Pastor Chris, I have some tickets to Jason Crab. Okay. And I'm like teenage girl geeking out. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, you kidding? And my wife's like, that's Jason who? And I was so, so disappointed. I did not know that she did not know who my favorite male vocalist of all time was in Jason Crab. I think that she thought. That it was like some kind of Spongebob presentation where a guy was going to come out in some sort of costume. But Jason Crabb is an incredible uh, vocalist. He uh, grew up with the Crabb family. Has kind of done some single things on his own. Now, uh, man, YouTube him. There's some incredible things that he's done and that he's going to do. That's going to be a packed night. And it is, just for people that are asking, uh, it is free admission. I know, how do we get to come see Jason Crabb for free? Well, we're going to receive an offering <laughs> that night because it's not free for us. It's just free for you. <laughs> and, and so if you don't give, we're going to have to. And so we would love for you to come. And uh, invite people, and we're just going to give our best offering that night to try to, to bless them and his ministry so that they can come, and, and we're going to pack this place. We'll put out however many chairs we need to, and it's going to be a great night. This is December 31st. It's the last day of 2017. It's the last day of the year. Finish strong and begin even better. I just want to celebrate a few things from 2017. 2017 was a big year for us as a, as a family. It was a big year for us as a church. It was uh, the first year that we uh, uh, haven't even had, but we were, were able to hire a, a full staff um, in that first year. We will have given almost, as a church, we will have given, not in like what you guys give on a Sunday, but as a church, what we give outside of the church um, to local and uh, state, U.S., and world missions, we will have given almost $70,000 this year to, to missions outside of, outside of the church. And here's how you know it's a healthy church when you're able to give that much outside of the church, but things are not not happening inside of the church. Everything's still happening like it's supposed to. We're still ministering the way we're supposed to within the church and giving outside of it, starting with our very own community and I mean that. We are, the first that we do is beginning with our community to make things that are going on in Eunice and the surrounding areas better. Um, then at the end, towards the end, we, we go up to the state. And we had Miss Donna Ingball. And we were able to give her $5,000 in one Sunday. You guys gave $5,000 to a lady in her ministry in one Sunday. And listen, you rebirthed a dream that she had thought, she thought was dead. You rebirthed a desire that she had that she just assumed was over when somebody else was going to accomplish. And she has been calling us and writing us thank you notes and, and telling us everything that's happening and coming to pass. And just the, the dream has been reborn again. And, and she has a now not just a dream that could come to pass, but a vision that's going to come to pass. And she is excited because you gave. Do you know that we baptized Uh, Over 70 people in 2017, water baptized, over 70 people. We more than doubled, more than doubled in consistent weekly attendance, more than doubled in consistent weekly attendance. And this is even bigger to me because I love it when people come to church, but I love it even more when they become the church. You know what I'm saying? I love it when people come on Sunday. I love it even more when they become part of what's going on on Sundays. We tripled our volunteer base in 2017. More than tripled our volunteer base. Listen, because of you, we were able to hire Pastor John and Tanya, Pastor Weston and Kelsey, they were able to not just minister to the things that were going on, but launch new ministries that we didn't have at the time, which is small groups where we do all our discipleship and next steps where we do all of our assimilation of getting people in and connecting them to the church and and plugging them in. We were able to hire Pastor Lydia, hallelujah, and then Aaron even married her and made we got him too. It was a beautiful thing. They got married in 2017, a huge year. They all of those pastors and all of those people and our ladies in the office are recruiting like crazy and teams are being built that had never existed before. Ministries were formed that we didn't even consider on our own. People took the initiative. But how many of you believe that that was great, but there's more to come. What God did in 2017 is incredible, but I'm telling you, it's just preparation for the purpose ahead. Uh, Expectations for 2018. This is the vision casting piece. But without vision, we'll just die and dilapidate, okay? If things start growing, when things stop growing, they begin to die. So we're gonna keep growing, we're gonna cast vision. Expectations for 2018. I told you last Sunday, we've already bought the TVs. And the mounts and the stuff to stream it, we're going to get that set up. In Jesus' name, we're going to work hard to make this happen. We're even going to begin to practice it before it's even taken place. But we will be streaming live into Eunice City Correctional Facility and welcoming a whole new church right downtown that's going to be with us every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. We got Jason Krabs coming. Our momentum conference. Our second Mardi Gras outreach, where we're just going to go out and pick up people's trash. How fun does that sound? It's not. It's disgusting, but it is great, man. People started. People started walking up and handing us money. We're like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. He said, I can't. I can't not do this. People are just sewing into the ministry because we're serving and ministering. It was a beautiful thing. We got a marriage conference that we're going to do. In Jesus' name, we're working out the the details for that sometime around Easter. We're also going to have a serve day where we just go out and knock out several projects all around the community all at once. We were able to recruit Jason and Christina Brown, kind of oversee some of our outreach stuff. Uh, Pastor John recruited uh, the Darby's, Nidro and Rachel, to to oversee our small group stuff. Man, they're going to do... Uh, Those things and more, we're going to, for the first time in a while, we're going to be able, because we have the staff to facilitate it and the the volunteers that are willing to do it, we're going to have our our very own, like, week-long, not a VBS, but a children's outreach type uh, right here in in our church where we're going to be able to facilitate that. We'll do that in June. And our second annual health fair, we're going to plug more people into ministry we're going to make existing ministries better and we're going to develop new ministries. And then the final thing that we're doing, besides the fact that I'm getting my master's degree completed and done and hanging up my educational hat for a long time in Jesus' name, I'm like, hallelujah! I'll do the one leg shuffle on that thing when it's over with. But this year we are believing God, okay? Now these are not set in stone, okay? These are expectations. These are, I am confessing it forward. Uh, we are speaking it and believing God for it as a board and a staff. We are believing God to help us draw up plans to begin the process of making our move out to the the land that we own up on 190 just past Walmart. We are currently talking with an architect and beginning to draw up those plans. And my hope is that we can move out there, make our church better, and find some way to implement another ministry over here on Satig Road in the immaculate facilities that God has given us here to make them better as well. What if, what if, we could do it. What if we had the ability? What if God provided a way? What if we were able to accomplish it? What if in 2018, everybody in the room took the initiative to meet people and grow closer to God together? What if everybody in 2018 took the initiative to just lead one person, just one person in 365 days to Jesus? What if everybody decided to attend church more consistently and invite people and go pick them up and bring them more consistently? What if God had more for New Hope, Eunice, and the surrounding areas than He's ever had before? What if? What if? I don't like to live my life in, in retrospect of the what if. This morning we sang about an unstoppable God. Let me ask you this question. What hindrance does my God have? What hindrance does your God have? What weakness, what inability is upon God? Can I tell you, there's just one. There's just one area that God has subjected himself to us inexplicable, inexplicable ideas, uh, more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. I am the Lord, your God. Am I not able to do much more than this? Yes, he is. But what if we got on board to what he wants to do and we began to believe him for more than we've ever believed him for? That's what we are talking about for the next beginning next Sunday for the, for the next 21 days. Uh, of prayer, and and fasting. And we're going to talk some. I'm casting vision this morning, but even more importantly, I want to discuss how I believe we may actually be able to implement some of that vision. What if we could actually accomplish everything that God has already fashioned for us? Well, in order to do that, we're going to need to resharpen our edge. And watch this. We're going to need to live our what if." Instead of looking back and saying, man, what if we would have, we're going to look back and say, because God did, we're going to live out our what if. We're not going to live in retrospect for what God could have done, okay? Seems like more often than not, we have these incredible desires, but we can't deliver, Incredible desires to be and to live and to walk and to act like God, to clean up our act, to be pure, to be holy, to be forgiven, to be free, to actually accomplish His will, to have peace and to to walk in His ways. And we, we have all these incredible desires, but we can't, we can't, we fall short on the delivery. I have good news. The disciples did the same thing. In Matthew chapter 17, The disciples of Jesus could not deliver. There was a young boy. He was demon possessed. He would throw himself into the fire. He would try to drown himself. And the father of the boy brought him to the disciples to pray for him and to deliver him. And listen, the disciples could not deliver. They had the desire, probably even the discipline, because they were walking with Jesus. These guys had left everything that they knew. They had quit their jobs, they had left their families at home, and they were following Jesus with everything that they had. And yet, the disciples, the 12 that were with Jesus, they could not deliver. Man, it was cardigan cold outside, but on the inside, it ain't cold. So don't turn the air on because we'll freeze people to death. But man, we just, oh man, Eunice, South Louisiana. I grew up in North Louisiana, it's not that much better Verse 17 of this passage. I'm sweating is what I'm saying this morning. I just, that's the point of that whole thing. Whew. Verse 17. This is why the disciples could not deliver. I'm back. I'm back. I rabbit trailed for a minute, but I'm back. And I got most of your attention back because y'all are kind of dozing on me. Verse 17 is like, what is he talking about? Okay, I'm paying attention now because this dude's going left field. Jesus looks at the disciples and he answered them. Watch this. He says, oh, faithless and perverse generation. Now, listen, if I were a disciple, that would have offended me. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying. Remember, they're still learning what we take for granted. Like, we read the stories of the gospel, and we look at it, and they're like, I wouldn't have said nothing. It was Jesus, dog. (laughs) Like, yeah, I know, but they're still learning that. Like, they're still learning to believe that this man really, it could just imagine, right? This guy comes in, and hey, I was born of a virgin. Yeah, okay, I was born a virgin too. I was like, no, 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 of a. I'm the son of God. Okay, psycho. (laughs) This is what they were dealing with. And yet, this man, they would be like, okay, all right, I've seen enough. He's, got, he's, he's doing some incredible things. He's doing incredible miracles and first moves. I, I, I'm going to follow him. I believe him. I'm going to believe in him. And then I'm doing that, and somebody comes to me, and they need prayer, and, and nothing happens for them. It ain't my fault. And I go to Jesus, I'm like, hey, look, this kid's like throwing himself in the fire and trying to drown himself. Dad's losing it. I don't know if he didn't train him right or what. Did he, he never like whooped him as a baby or should have done. Maybe he's got some mother issues. I don't know what's going on with this cat, but he wanted us to pray with him. Now here we are. And Jesus looks at him and says, you are faithless and perverted. <laughs> That's intense. Here's what Jesus was saying. You are too connected to this world. And you are yet to connect enough with me. You're faithless because you're not connected. You're perverse because you're too connected. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him, bring him to me. Like, just like a daddy, right? Just get out of the way. (laughs) Let me do it. Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon it came out of, and the child was cured from that very hour. Verse 19, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, hey, uh, why couldn't we do that? So Jesus says to them, because of your unbelief, because you're not closely enough connected to me yet, you're still learning, you're still growing. For assuredly, I say to you, if you had faith... As a mustard seed, you would say... Everybody likes to preach on the... If you just had the faith of a mustard seed... They're like, they'll wear it on a chain around their neck. You know, we've got the little bottle and a mustard seed in it. They look in the mirror like, oh, that's all it takes to get what God has. I can speak to the mountain and see it move. It's never happened before, but I'm still believing God. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Watch what Jesus says. If you had the faith of a mustard seed, you say to that mountain, move from here to there. And it will move and nothing would be impossible for you. However just a little bit of God's kingdom is going to require a little bit more from you. This kind, this kind of what? This kind of faith. This kind of confidence. This kind of obedience. This kind of discipleship. This kind of following. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting see we need to live our life through revelation instead of retrospect we don't need to live our life in the what if i would have we need to live our life in the revelation of what can be not where we've been but where we're going we learn from the past, we live in the present, but we look to the future that God has fashioned for every single one of us. And I don't care how old you are, if you still have a heartbeat and the Spirit of God, which is breath in your lungs, it makes you live. We can live through revelation instead of retrospect. We can live through revelation to find His will. And that's why we fast and pray. That's why we pray and fast in that order. And I've been very intentional to say it in that manner. And just leave that live through revelation instead of retrospect up for me for just a second. We can live that way. And this is why we pray and fast. It's it's to find his will, not to force his hand. Okay? Well, I I want healing. So I'm going to force the hand. No, no, no. You're going to find the will of God by prayer and fasting. We can live through revelation because we can start new habits, not just stop old ones. Can I tell you that beginning next Sunday, I am way more interested in what you form than what you fast. But there will be some things that you need to fast because if you don't get rid of those things, then nothing else will ever form. Come on, you got me? I'm interested in what you're forming, not just what you're fasting. But you may need to begin to fast in order to form not starting new habit, not just stopping old habits, but starting new ones. Not just getting rid of them and then doing without, which at times God may do for a season, but his desire is to replace that thing. What we're forming is as important as what we are fasting. What is a fast? It's giving something up to accomplish the vision that God has given this church. And I didn't even realize that I had this written down when God gave me the vision for this church. It is giving something up to grow closer to God. What's our vision for this church? To meet people. That's it. I believe that God will use you supernaturally in 2018 if you'll be more approachable. If you'll be more interruptible. I'm the worst man I think I I like I'm task oriented I'm focused and I don't like to hear daddy and pastor Chris when I am task oriented and focused I'm trying to get something done daddy hang on pastor Chris not now (laughs) babe wait a minute interruptible approachable you know why that's hard for me because I'm prideful. You know what I need to replace it with? Humility. I just need to be more humble. Stop thinking that what I have to do is more important than people. <laughs> Some of us need to stop thinking that our opinion is more important than somebody's soul. <laughs> no matter their political stance. Mm-hmm. We love them where they are because of who they could be. Meet people. Just meet them. That's it. That's all I care. If you will just begin with that. Just introduce yourself to people. Be interruptible and approachable. Meet people. Develop relationships that you don't currently have. Because some of you need to replace the relationships that you do currently have. Just meet people. And grow closer to God. Together. You don't have to do it alone. How are we going to do that? Well, for the next 21 days, we're going to focus on what God wants to get rid of so that he can give us something else. Give something up to grow closer to God. Live through revelation instead of retrospect. What does that mean? That That sounds super spiritual. That's fun. Revelation. (sighs) Like John, the revelator, wrote the book right? What does that mean for us, though? Like, let's make that practical. Revelation. What is it? How about just direction? Like, God, I, okay, I'm going to be obedient. Show me your way and help me walk in it. I need direction. I need clarity. The story, one of our uh, Assembly of God Theological Seminary professors, she wrote a a book called it's like Catch the Wind of the Spirit. It's like a super spiritual book. But when you start reading it, it's extremely practical. She tells this story of some early missionaries that would build these little boats with a sail. And the way that they would seek God for direction on where they're supposed to share the gospel is they would just get in these boats and go, okay, God, send us where you want us to go. They would take the supplies that they thought that they would needed and, and hope for the best, and they would get in and say, okay, God, send us somewhere that needs to be ministered to. Send us somewhere that needs to hear your word, that needs to hear the gospel, that could receive salvation and spend eternity with us and you. They would get in the boats, and they would set sail. And according to her story, one of them landed on an island, and the chief or the leader of the island was so impressed by their faith that he said, I have to know their God, And He received salvation because of their faith. And he implemented Christianity within his tribe, within his kingdom if you will, because of the faith of the believer. I don't want anybody to use my life as a justification for why they're not living for God. I want people to use my life as an example of why they are living for God. I want to trust him for his direction, even if it means getting in a boat without a course. I want to trust him for his direction, even if it means walking out in the desert not knowing where I'm going. I'm willing to get out of my tent so that I I stop staring at the ceiling and I start seeing the stars because that's what God has for me in direction number two revelation could be confirmation just confirmation of something that God's already spoken to you in fact most of the time revelation prophetic word words of knowledge they will be confirmation of things that God has already spoken to you if they have to be something that God has not already spoken to you it's because you're not listening and so God has to use somebody else to get your attention but it can be confirmation. It was confirmation for me to start some things. It was confirmation for my brother to go into ministry. It was confirmation. I was talking to a friend, a neighbor, actually, that's got some things that that he's going through and dealing with and that God's leading him to do, and it's just been confirmation. That's revelation. Like, okay, God, if you want me to serve you, then show me. And God will begin to give you confirmation. The problem is with needing a sign, the problem with needing a sign is that if you doubt God and you need a sign to believe, then even if he sends you the sign, you may doubt that too. So instead of seeking the sign, just seek him and believe him for confirmation and finally anointing. That's revelation, like the anointing of God. Now that's just a spiritual term that really just for me, it just means like the hand of God is upon my life. You're the best example that I could think of had a pastor that I knew personally had, uh, because of a lack of boundaries and accountability, great man of God has since been restored and, and hasn't relapsed in any way, but um, he had a moral failure. And, and I don't know all the details. they are calling it emotional, and it never led to so-and-so or so-and-so or whatever, but he had a moral failure. And, and, uh, and I, from, from his mouth, the words out of his mouth, he looked at the, the woman and he said, I, I can't do this. I can't have you and God's anointing. So he looked at his sin, not that she was sin, but for him, for him she was. He said, I, I can't have you and God's anointing. I can't have this and God's best. I can't continue in this thing. And expect for God's hand to be upon my life. That's all I mean by anointing. Is that the hand of God is upon your life. Why fast? Number one, if you're taking notes. We're going to talk about this more Check. When the microphone says two on the battery bar, it really means zero. (laughs) It really means, I'm almost out. Number one, build confidence. We're going to talk about this more next week, but build confidence. Building confidence, it's like, it's like the whetstone, if you will. It's the, it's the sharpening blade to give some things up on purpose, um, especially when it's food and you can like stop and you have to think about it all day because you really want that Coke. <laughs> Normally, you would have had three by now. Or, come on, for me, it's a cup of coffee. i am be like... I don't even like green tea, but I'm going to drink it. I don't even know. Whatever it is that you would normally have all day, every day. Maybe you want to fast that because it will remind you more that that's what you're doing. And it's like the whetstone where you begin to pray instead of having that. Maybe you need to give up lunch for, I don't know, three days a week. Or some people do daylight to dark. Or, or they just give like one food item or whatever it is. But that thing will be like the sharpening steel, if you will. Why? Because sometimes we're, we, we're kind of like computers. Like we just get these, these little viruses in us. And, uh, and the best answer to fix us is just kind of a reset. You know? That's the first thing you do. Like you can hire somebody to come to your house and fix your computer, first thing they're going to do, turn it off, turn it back on. <laughs> like and most of the time it fixes the problem. Because we just need to reset. January should probably be a reset for us. It should be a time where we just restart. It's like the Garmin, right? recalculating i love that commercial the guy i think it's guy i don't know i can't remember the the mayhem guy he's in the bottom he's like recalculating recalculating turn left turn left you know we need to recalculate we need to recalculate listen why because we don't want to miss our turn if you miss your turn then it's going to take you longer to get where god wanted to take you or you're going to run into something that God didn't have for you. Come on, y'all with me? Don't miss your turn. Recalculate beforehand. Fast and pray. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 26, it says, For the Lord will be your confidence, and He will keep your foot from being caught. How many of us don't want to get trapped or stumble or fall on something in 2018? Well, that's why we're going to, for 21 days, something, whatever that something is for you. And if you want some more details on on fasting, we posted a video this past Wednesday night where we were able to define it a little bit more. You heard all of these terms about building confidence and the purposes of building confidence. We'll talk about it a little bit more next week. I even posted on our Facebook page a link to Pastor Jennison Franklin's uh, 21 days of fast, who was really the the I don't know, the, the father of the fasting in 21st century, really, to be totally honest. He's the one that kind of set the course, and, and he and his church have been doing it for over a decade and a half now, and they have some incredible testimonies for it. Whatever it is for you, give that thing up. Lay it down for 21 days to form a new habit, to build confidence. Number two, to break bondages. To break bondages. Now, I know this is from God because I have never written anything down that was as good as this next statement. And it can't be from Chris. When we discipline ourselves, God doesn't have to do it for us. And, and I, I, may have, I may have kind of blew it up to more than it really was, because I wanted you to get this if you don't get anything else. Why are we going to stop and set... 21 days aside. Now, I, I understand that, you know, some of your, your students go to school. We can't, like, just some of them are, are preparing for the fall or the spring and the things that are coming, and, and you can't go to class and be starving all day long. That's not what I'm saying, okay? I'm saying give up something that's distracting you from God's will for your life. Lay something down that is a hindrance for you. Lay something down that will cost you a little something, okay? Okay? But that it won't be such a sacrifice that you can't just like live your life for 21 days. We want you to pray and we want you to fast. But more than anything, we want you to perform new habits that set you up for success. But it takes 21 days to form a new habit. When you discipline yourself, God doesn't have to do it for you. When you set something down or you give something up so that you grow closer to God, He doesn't have to prune it off of you. You just laid it down. And here's why it's so important to do like at least a food item, like one food item. I wanna, I, this is my challenge to you. Do one food item at least, like one food item that is usually the most important to you that you would have every day several times a day. And we live in America, so there are going to be very few people in the room who don't have at least one of those. Okay, for Pastor Lydia, it's tacos. Okay, it's just it's that simple. I don't eat tacos every day. Like, I'm not gonna fast tacos. I mean, I will because I don't care. But that's not gonna be like my one thing. Okay, I'm gonna fast like red meat, man. Like, Megan make, make something. I'm like, hey, this is really good uh, pasta and vegetables that you made. Where's the meat, woman? <laughs> like, that's what I gotta give up. That's what I gotta lay down. Like, I'm only gonna have one cup of coffee. Instead of eleven before eleven, you know what I'm saying? Like all morning long, I would be thinking, I didn't need, need to pray again. Instead of drinking tea and coke all day, well, we have some water. Like cleanse my system a little bit. Why is it so important to do a food item? Because I, I really believe this. If you can train your body to submit to its desire for food, then you can learn dominance over your flesh in other areas let me say that again if you can train your body if you can teach your body to do without its desire for food even if it's just specific foods did you know that jesus himself the son of god fasted and prayed for 40 days before he ever did a miracle why do we think that we're better than him And that somehow fasting is some kind of outdated spiritual principle that's only held back for specific people. No, 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 no. It's for for the church. If you can train your body to submit to its desire for food, then you can learn dominance over your flesh in other areas. You can break the bondage of gluttony. And I don't just mean food. I mean excess in anything. And guess what? You don't have to stop at the end of 21 days. Every time that you stumble to it, you can pray and fast for three days all year long. And I bet you anything that God can help you break the bondage. Break the bondage of possibly for men, for a lot of men, okay? Let's just call it what it is this morning. Lust. We just need to break the bondage of it. Some of, some of us, us, at times, in the past, thank God, have even taken it to the place where we actually look and are stimulated by people that are not our spouse. Quit! You can't have that in God's anointing. It will break you and your family. It will break you and your future, but if you will fast and pray, God will do it for you. Ladies, it's that excess attention That we think we need. That expectation. Of the man of God. And not just God himself. To be our substance. And our security. Come on. I know what you struggle with. She tells me. I mean I got to ask. Like I'm not that intuitive. (laughs) Break the bondage of. Anger. Break the bondage of a temper. Break the bondage of alcohol, tobacco, God forbid, drugs. Break the bondage of rebellion against people, even that we don't like, because they're in authority over us. Break the bondage of an unclean heart, of selfishness, of pride, envy, laziness. Here's one. Break the bondage of comparison. Break the bondage of trying to live up to other people's standards when they're not Jesus. Break the bondage of insecurity. Fast and pray every time you stumble. Fast and pray. Number three, believe God better. Prayer and fasting will build confidence. We'll talk about that more next week. Prayer and fasting will break bondages. So if you can train your body to submit to its desire for food, then you can train your body, your flesh, to submit to its desires too. Break bondages. Number three, believe God. Believe God for better and believe in God better. Like, trust Him more. See, It's not our behavior that affects our belief. It's our belief that affects our behavior. Because you will live what you really believe. You will act what you really find is the absolute truth. That's what you'll live on. That's how you'll behave. had this teenager. I would spend some time with him and I'd go pick him up, and, and I'd leave my family to go attend to him. I didn't do that with everybody, and, it, and it's rare that I would take the time to do it. I just felt like I was—I felt like this is what God wanted me to do. We're in this conversation. He's like, "You're just doing this because you have to. This is what you get paid to do." I was like, "You no, little—you think I leave my?" I, I didn't say that. It's just—it was in here. Sometimes the mouth doesn't have to speak out of the abundance of the heart. Like, sometimes you could have more self-control than your heart. <laughs> so I didn't say that. I was like, dude, no, that's, i come here because I care about you. And I want to see you be saved. He's like, I am saved. Like, no, you're not. He like, why would you say that? I said, because your behavior is a reflection of your belief. And if it's, if it's not a reflection of what you say you believe, then you need to really evaluate whether you really believe what you say he's like, and this is what he says to me, okay? And I'm going to be careful, but honest, my Lord. He says, you're trying to tell me just because I smoke pot, I'm not saved? I looked him right in the eyes. I said, yes, (laughs) yes. It's not that you're unsaved because you're doing that it's that I know for a fact that Scripture says faith will be reflected in fruit. And so I can know because you're willing to break man's law and just abide in it and justify it outside of the blood of Jesus that you're probably breaking God's law which is sin. And sin separates you from Him. And you can't have that and God's anointing could be that simple fast and pray you know sometimes we pray for God to do something just so we can continue to live the same way oh God let me give you examples because y'all didn't catch you were like things we want God to do for us so we don't have to do anything differently oh God rid me of this guilt I mean, I'm not going to stop living in my sin. I just want you to help me not feel so bad about it. <laughs> Jesus like, did we do this last year? <laughs> we do this last December 31st. God, give me a miracle. Move in the supernatural. Because I don't want to do what my doctor said. <laughs> I want you to do it for me so I don't have to do anything differently. God, bless my relationship. I mean, I know it's impure. I know we're unequally yoked. And I'm not really willing to give that up for you. I just want you to bless it anyways. We carried it into marriage, and we wonder what's wrong with our culture. We never repented. Never asked forgiveness. We never let God cleanse us of those things and help us walk in freedom. Oh, Lord, be my provision. You knew I was going to go there. I mean, I don't want to give like you purposed in my heart. I, I don't want to work like I could. But, oh, God, show yourself faithful in my finances. I get mad every time Pastor Weston gets the microphone and the church receives an offering. But, God, would you bless it? <laughs> you can't have this and God's anointing. We're going to live through revelation, not retrospect. Let's believe God better than that. Believe God. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm trying to expose some things so that we can believe God better than that. So that we can, because of our belief, behave differently than this church has ever behaved before. To define a new brand that this church has never been known by before. To set up for success and to stay on course. And to let this verse truly come alive. Proverbs 3 chapter 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Stop reading it and start doing it. Don't depend on your own understanding. What you can see. What you're comfortable with. Do something different. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. I'll show you the way. But The question is, will you walk in it? I promise you that if you will implement the principles of God's word into your life in 2018, that your year will be unlike any other year that you've ever had. Well, I've been doing that. Keep doing it. Get better at it. John chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written. What? What's written? The Word. The principles. They're not just rules and regulations, they're not just recommendations. They're standards of righteousness. But these are written so that you may continue to believe. That Jesus is the Messiah like you did the first time that you received salvation, like you did the first time that you experienced His presence, that He's the Messiah, the coming King, and He didn't just come, but He's coming back. He's the Son of God, that by believing, you change your behavior, that by believing, you'd break the bondages, that by believing, you would build confidence in your relationship. In Him, you will have life by the power of His name when you believe that He is who he said he was and he can do what he said he can do and he can use you to do it yesterday doesn't have to determine tomorrow what if this year could be better could be different no longer remaining in captivity but building confidence breaking bondages and believing in god What if, Jesus, I pray right now that your word would penetrate our hearts and that it would be convicting and not condemnational, or that we wouldn't rebel against it or let it anger us, but it would humble us and that we would receive. Church, I want you to pray with me right now. If you're a believer and you're confident in that, I want you to pray with me that the Holy Spirit would just roam this place freely. If you're in the room this morning and you just need to believe Jesus, like that's the first step for you. Because you never have or you haven't been. You never have or you haven't been, but right now, because the word of God says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you can receive his salvation. If you're not confident in that and you would like to be included in this prayer in just a minute, would you just lift your hand and say, pastor, that's me. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on. We were praying for you before service today, and that's why you're so uncomfortable right now. Just give it over to God. We were praying that if you were in here today, that the Holy Spirit would draw you and that you would respond and receive his salvation. If you haven't been living for him or you have never been living for him, if I'm talking to you and you'd like to change that right now, would you lift your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Church, can I ask you this question? If you know that you need to build more confidence in your relationship with Jesus, would you just lift your hand with every head bow? Would you just raise your hand right where you are? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Church, right where you are, and then, please don't look around. This is—I'm only asking you to do this as a, a sign of obedience for yourself and just kind of confession, so that you can get that thing off of you. But if you've got some bondages in your life that you carried in 2017, maybe just as simple as unforgiveness or bitterness, if you've got it and you want to get rid of it, maybe I mentioned it today, maybe I didn't, but you know what that thing is that's hindering you from God's best in your life and you want to break that bondage, would you just lift your hand right where you are and say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Right where you are, let's just begin to pray. Pray this out loud with me, if you will, Jesus. Forgive me for all the ways that I fall short. Save me from myself, this world, and anything not of you. Take my life, make it yours. Help me to be obedient and build confidence. Help me to be consistent and not complacent. Break bondages in this room, off of my heart. I want to be free. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Would you stand with me this morning? Can we just celebrate Jesus? Can we worship with heaven? Could you just give a, an applause for all of those who prayed that prayer for the first time? Can you worship? Can you give Jesus big praise in the place? And sometimes, sometimes you gotta make yourself, especially when the pastor has been talking too long. <laughs> sometimes you gotta make yourself. That was the beginning of something beautiful for you. Every one of those prayers whether you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, I want to send you home with something. I don't always do this, but I want to do it today. I want to send you home last day of 2017. Whatever God spoke to you, I want you to go home or before you leave this place, I want you to write it down. Whatever the Lord was dealing with you on fasting, I want you to write it down and I want you to share it with somebody. Before you go to bed tonight, before 2017 closes I want you to write those things down and then I want you to write down maybe just two or three things if you're like me once you start writing it's just hard to stop and I've got like a list of things but what you're going to believe God for for 21 days what you want to pray about and focus on for 21 days because I don't want you to just fast I want you to form believe God pray for those things. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, would you just write your name on a connect card and let us know. If you've never been water baptized, would you check that if you want to be? Because we're going to believe God for some incredible things, and I believe it in March. We're going to baptize more people than we've ever baptized before by the end of February after the Momentum Conference, after 21 days of fasting and prayer. Can I believe with you that your loved ones are coming back to God's house? Can I believe with you that people are going to see the revelations of God and the glory of God and the presence of God in their lives? We're going to pray and believe for it. We're going to confess it as though it were especially for 21 days we're going to focus on it if you would just hold your hands out like I haven't held you five minutes over the normal time that I let you out I want to pray a blessing over you you could be out of here today Jesus we love you God thank you for this time together I pray that you would bless your people make your face to shine upon us be gracious to us and lift up your countenance upon us and give us your peace Holy Spirit, would you come upon us? Help us to receive you in the fullness of your glory and follow you with all of our hearts. Anoint us to accomplish your will and to walk in your ways. Empower us to be a witness and an example for you that other people can follow and live by. Bring life in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Meet somebody you don't know before.